Hello, this is Matt from Matt Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Over Manga Cast. Um, this episode, I really tried to think outside of the box for a good bit, but I just couldn't figure out the right angle. So, anyway, back to square one. Uh, this week, we read Kakaishi by Yellow Tanabe, uh, chapters 1 through 19. And while this is only a small sample of her volume of work, I think it at least puts you in the right area. Um, Basically a little bit of an A to XYZ, if you will. Anyway, don't be a square. Enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, my name is Sam, and welcome once again to the Over Manga Cast. As always, at the top of the show, we like to discuss our uh, familiarity with the franchise that we read this week. This actually comes as a request from one of our fans. Uh, This is coming from Firebringer of Germany. Thank you very much for the recommendation. We are uh, happy to have gotten to read Kakaishi this week. Uh, As for me, uh, I had not heard of this one. I understand that it did have an anime uh, during the tsunami adult swim days but um i do not remember ever having actually seen it i think the most i ever watched it back in those days was um well uh oh so <laughs> that was about that for me uh how about you jake um i also managed to actually miss akaishi when it was on uh it was either Adult Swim or when, you know, Toonami came back for Late Night. So I actually hadn't heard of this. Uh, I I was actually kind of surprised to hear that uh, this had been on that, like, programming block because uh, I must have just barely missed it because there was a long while where I was uh, keeping up with that stuff. Uh, I was just right at the perfect age for it. But uh, this was uh, absolutely ships passing in the night. First time I've ever experienced it. All right. Uh, how about you, Jay? Sure. So um glad you led with the fact that it um, Kakaishi was an anime because I was first introduced via that said anime. Um, I watched it on uh, Adult Swim uh, for, I want to say, I think I, f- I completed the first, the first season of Kakaishi. So yeah, um, that's how I was first introduced and I remember really enjoying it. <laughs> All right. And Matt. And yeah, like a few others have said, um, uh, the all I knew about Kakaishi was it was on uh, Adult Swim back in the like the summer of uh, 2010. So uh, unfortunately, that was about the age I kind of dipped away from watching Adult Swim pretty religiously. So I vaguely remember. I think actually I watched the anime up until the end of our reading. <laughs> <laughs> uh i i think Perfect. is about where the thing is so uh this is the first time i've read the manga you mentioning it being around 2010 that explains why that was about the time i dropped it watching late night anime almost like a stone so that'll do it yep we open up our tale with one uh yoshimori sumimura and there's lots of names that uh rhyme in this and that's going to get real confusing for me real quick <laughs> He is a young man with a uh, strange responsibility as he is uh, the latest in a line of Kakaishi who are uh, spirit mediums, spirit mediums. Yeah, like warrior priests that deal with the Ayakashi malignant spirits that uh, threaten people after we're given a brief uh, rundown of the long ago legend that's uh, first 
started this tradition for his family. We see him in the middle of said mission chasing a weird butterfly thing through a school at night. Yes, and he he does battle with these evil spirits with the power of cubes. <laughs> yes, the cubes. He has the ability to summon these kind of spirit barrier cubes around things and uh, subsequently kind of collapse the cube to destroy it. Or release it. Or release it. This is basically the segment where we are established to what will be the status quo going forward, which is uh, going to fight an Ayakashi, uh, Yoshi is with his uh, demon doggo friend, or friend is probably a strong friend word. Is, yeah, yeah. They yeah. actually have a relationship. They have a established uh, agreement with the uh, Sumimura family. Mm -hmm. Yep, Madaro is the demon dog that will sniff out the Ayakashi so that they can be destroyed. And uh, we also get established the. <laughs> The pattern of everybody being an asshole to poor Yoshimura. Well, if he were only better. I will say, especially, there, there was one line, and I don't remember exactly where it was. It's a relatively inconsequential line, but it, it, it solidified a thing for me. This manga does show its age a little bit because it has the, one of the things that's established is that he has a mark on his palm that designates him as the destined successor of the clan. And uh, he doesn't want to be that. Screw you, do your destiny, person. You don't have the autonomy. And that's a cultural thing that I very much disagree with. <laughs> so not to say that it, it made me not like Kakaishi. It's just it's one of those ones where um, I I think that the series to some extent agrees with the uh, with his uh, with Yoshimori's grandpa. And I very much don't. Especially when in one uh, chapter, it was a totally inconsequential line, but he, he says in passing, like, he, it was like, hey, uh, uh, you're so old, you shouldn't be eating so much salty food. I'll live the rest of my life the way I want. Ooh, that, <laughs> I do not like the grandpa. It didn't, it didn't reduce my enjoyment of the series, but I mean, right. maybe, maybe a tiny bit, because again, I think, I think the series actually agrees with him, but not, you know, not in a serious degree. Grandpa's grandpa's such a dick. I don't agree that the series agrees with the grandpa. I think the series puts the grandpa in a grouchy old man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's really more that the uh, Yoshimori never had a choice is where it agrees with the grandpa, and I don't like that. But it does make fun of him, and you are supposed to not like him. So yeah, and that's that's why I say it's 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 the minorest of niggles. It kind of briefly touches on reluctant hero. But mm. like that's that's only in the flashback is the thing. Yeah. When we when we do the time skip, he has resolved that no, this is something I have the power to like affect. He does accept the mantle willingly. It's just it shows its age a little bit, and I, I had to point that out. So the this opening chapter is a flashback, uh, when Yoshimori was very much uh against this uh whole destiny thing. Which, you know, I can get behind. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going through, you know, basically, again, establishing what's going to be the pattern going forward. He's uh, training with his barrier powers, like, by having a uh, a bucket of water on top of the cube that he has produced around himself. This is also where we are uh, <laughs> introduced to one of the running plot lines, which is there are actually two families of Kakaishi Masters, and they both hate each other. Yes, so essentially the Karasumori was entrusted to 
um, I believe they referenced like it was their great ancestor or great leader. And it was at one time they were one family until they had a disagreement and well, separated out. If I remember right, it was the original Kukaishi uh guy <laughs> i don't i don't, can't remember the term the, the, original, the original master yeah the original yeah. master had he no ha heads yeah he had no heirs so his two students uh were his inheritors but neither of them was uh willing to share as, yeah was willing to share or designated as the true inheritor at least as far as we're aware so of course of course both of them say that they are and the other one can go to hell and <laughs> Their lines have helped kept up that grudge ever since. There is some strong Hatfield and McCoys. Like these two people have houses that have their backyards touching each other. They share a fence, and because they are obviously not going to move to a new location because that would be yielding. So well, no. also, I, I, I think it doesn't actively say this. I'm pretty sure both of their houses border the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for some reason, the kids take the longest way possible to school. I, well, I don't know if it's that it directly borders it or if that's just the uh, traditional training grounds, which was a, a little ways away. Because um, the one thing that we get in the backstory is that um, the Kakaishi master was there, at, was at the um, castle every day because the the lord of the castle had um, inherent magical powers. And so that's why he had to like exercise the ayakashi they're they're functionally like somewhere between demons and spirits but the ayakashi were attracted to the lord's power so one day he got sick and wasn't able to come back and it sort of implies to me that there's like a little bit of a, a trip between the that location and the castle which is where the school was built over mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but the lord's power lingers which is why it's still ongoing kind of like yep. being a beacon or a medium you know spirits are drawn to mediums just for existing and having this extreme power to be able to communicate yep. this uh this manga does a lot of world building to justify the um like fiction of two children play with invisible barriers at the school playground at night when there's no adults <laughs> around and i'm like that's that's well because like even the the kakaishi the spirit barriers they use that's a thing children do like to like it's like a game kind of not really it's uh, not quite but like it's that level of like uh, i've got an invisible barrier mm, yeah like mm. like and like so you take that and then you just add real threats and then you justify why are these people going to a school every night? Well, that's because that used to be the castle of the Lord. And that it, it's like, yeah, OK, that's what they tell the local children, because obviously this is something that probably was the foundation of their their town or city. So it's like, are they just now legends? And that's, you know, tied to their family name and are they aware of the family dispute i didn't get a sense that they even were that the outside like the like the teachers or even the students were aware of so yeah they mostly try to hide it from people because most of it's invisible to most people mm -hmm. um and they try to hide the shenanigans that happen so as not to create panic the yeah but i mean they could at least like connect them to like they have shrine keepers. So, I mean, they could at least like explain that, oh, these two families have an ongoing dispute over, I don't know, be able to. And that, that probably is going on, but 
that's not what the story cares about because the story cares about monster of the week cool fights in the in the yeah that was kind of missing for me because i was just like how are they explaining this to this these kids this is a very significant area and yes it has some some historical significance that was hundreds of years old but it's just kind of interesting the fact that these families have obviously been here for generations and generations had these disputes had this somewhat weird duty and responsibility going out at night but there's no recognition of any type of rumor or story about it that was kind mm. of like glaring huh. absence I, of that i don't me. know yeah. they 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 do enough to establish there's some weird shadowy shenanigans going on and then they also kind of justify don't give people a reason to think anything of it and they'll just kind of turn the other cheek because it's like it's a private mm. school it's yeah well, like and from like someone who doesn't have spiritual powers, they're going to see someone running around in monk clothes at night, waving a staff in the air. Like, okay, yeah, okay, it's just some weirdo. Yoshimura even says at one point, uh, "Well, for me, the uh, unusual has become so commonplace that it's just normal to me now." And I guess if you go to school there every day, even the slight uh, <laughs> abnormal things that happen, like cherry blossoms flowering in winter for, per se would just sort of be like oh yeah that's just a weird thing that happens here eh, it's happened enough that i'm dumb to it yeah, yeah. but anyway they, we've kind of yeah we, oh. we've uh digressed mm-hmm. but um so basically the first bit is a jump to the past we get two very young children um i think <sighs> they're like nine and eleven yeah the girl's in eighth grade i remember so he must be in fifth i think mm-hmm. yeah i'm pretty sure he's he, i think he's two years younger he, Years younger, three grades lower, I think. Yeah. Um, and so basically they're rivals, and these two very young children are on a solo mission to go to the school and fight the demons that come there. Because the demons are drawn to the power, and basically as long as they're on the school grounds, they are absorbing power and getting stronger. Um, and like, for the most part, it's very and mundane. This can be pretty rapid growth. It's yeah. Well, in it's the... usually not, but for plot purposes, uh, you know, the, the interesting ones are the ones where it does go quickly. In the legend, though, what they said was he was sick for three days, and that was enough time for demons to overrun the entire, like, mm-hmm. castle ground and kill everyone. So it's it's fast growth for all things on that. It's just some things are faster than others. Right. Yeah, and... Even if it was a fairly slow, basically, EXP funnel, uh, free EXP is free EXP. <laughs> Stuff's going to show up to snack on it. But, but um, anyway, These two children are playing with magic powers, killing demons, when suddenly mm-hmm. big demon come out and they got to fight bigger demon. The big element that happens is that uh, Yoshimori, the demon takes on a the image of a little girl even younger than him like with a with a bad wound on her side and is saying, oh, I just came here because uh, I was drawn here. I uh, I didn't know what I was doing. And it causes him to hesitate long enough for the transformation to take hold. And mm-hmm. uh, his childhood friend, despite the fact that she's from the other family, turned rival. Tokune um, got injured. He had to carry her back. Which, good on you, nine-year-old. Um. She's slightly taller than he is, so that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yeah. she's also down because uh, either from blood loss or potentially some sort of demon venom, she's passed out from the attack she suffered. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this injury is definitely like the way she behaves is much deeper than what we see because it's mm-hmm. like just a quick blow and then she falls off panel. 
it's one of those ones where this is um she is bleeding a quite a bit and it does kind of seem like you know she um like faded out so i think that's what it's supposed to imply but also it's not exactly that severe so the, the scar she has post time skip like at the end of this chapter it shows she's got like a scar she keeps hidden under an arm wrap like it's a pretty bad wound <laughs> yeah there's a line at some point where you know the Sumimuras are checking on her on how she's doing and the line is like she's got a high fever maybe she was overwhelmed by the miasma of the ayakashi it's like uh mm. it, it, it's bad vibes got on its claws and uh we needed her passed out so we could have the dramatic scene of him carrying her back to her house mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it isn't obvious by now they're being shipped like really hard yeah. <laughs> i didn't get that I'm going to be honest. Oh, I, I'm getting strong childhood best friends. Childhood best friends. Yeah. Now our families don't like it. And I want to go back to where we were friends and we cared about each other and they have I'm, each I'm other's anno- back. And- I, I'm getting annoying little brother vibes in all honesty. That's how it starts. <laughs> so that's how she's like avoiding the the feelings so that we can maintain the romantic tension for however many chapters. Is it just because for. she's a little older than him that you're like, seeing those little brother vibes and not as they go also the following her to school each day (laughs) i mean he's not following her they just have to go to the same entrance man well but no he is (laughs) he is totally following her in addition though the reason he's following her is because he's being overprotective because she got injured helping him once yeah there there is absolutely there is absolutely like a sibling element to their relationship yes 100 percent yeah, and, and as Jacob will go to the couch for, every time there's a sibling relationship, it must be romantic. Why did I get ascribed to that? <laughs> That's the alternative channel that we will not speak of. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the sort of like childhood best friends, platonic feelings for each other develop into romantic. That's also the thing showing its age, but also I like that trope, so I'm not going to complain about that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll wager uh, Yoshi in particular has one scene, I will concede he's got romantic feelings that he is not able to process because he he even goes like, why did I imagine that? Like, what did my brain yeah. just do there? That's... Mm. That's weird. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so basically the takeaway from this, though, is uh, he was kind of hesitant as a child about... Well, he's still a child. Um, as a nine-year-old about wanting to, like, be a Kakaishi and everything. But after seeing her get hurt, he rededicated himself to it and uh, he he still has other things he wants to do Mm. but this being his job is something he's he wants because he doesn't want to let someone else get hurt again because he has the power to stop it which is another trope in and of itself but yeah this (laughs) he has he is uh accepted circumstance and will now uh move towards a more healthy work-life balance as we all should uh, ooh, healthy work-life balance, huh? He, well, he's working. He's, he's working towards it. He he's certainly trying. Uh, everyone else in his life is not. Hey, <laughs> uh, assisting I, hey him his with dad that, is a great support. His, his, yeah, his dad, dad is, is great. great. Yeah, Yoshi's uh, dad uh, married into the family, so he is not of the bloodline that can produce the barriers. So it. He is not affected by the he's not affected by the barriers, can't see spirits or ghosts or anything like that. He's just enjoying life. 
Yeah, he's he's just, you know, living life. Um yeah. his wife doesn't come home much anymore. That's all we really get told about her. But yeah, she is alive. I, I she, was so convinced she was dead, but we're later told that she is not dead. Mm-hmm. She's basically dead, unfortunately. Until is, she shows up on panel, and even then yes. she might still be a ghost. It is yeah. pretty funny that they basically have the exact same setup between the two households where one of them is a grandmother, a daughter, and... um dead dead father who's in the magical world and the other one is grandfather son and missing mother who's in the magical world i also like how their dogs are opposite the female white dog is with the people who wear the black monks robes and the male black dog is with the totally totally didn't arrange that Mm -hmm. oh yeah no i mean I like I I bet you at some point there's going to be a reveal that the master always wanted those two families to be one family and designed them with the express purpose of being two parts of the same whole and it ended up being Hatfields and McCoys instead because I, of I, it did. I was just about to say the opposite, Jacob. I was gonna say if you want to have a demon hunting clan stay unified, don't give them two up diametrically opposed guardian spirits <laughs> that's true they will naturally split <laughs> i've also eh, you know i could honestly buy either i could see uh that the truth was what jake said but also um the families have a very uh big competitive streak both of them do so the master might have been like if i make them rivals then they'll keep pushing each other hmm yeah, I so, I hadn't considered it until you mentioned it, Matt. But uh, yeah, I I I feel either is uh, probable. Another thing I like is um, the uh, the family that Yoshi's a part of. I think is considered the more legitimate of the two successors for one reason or another. But their family is easily the worst off of the two because um, Tokine's uh, family has servants. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Much nicer area, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So probably Grandpa did something. Something. <laughs> Someone lagged off in the family finances. And... Or hey, maybe Mom ran away with the family's money and left her husband, a uh, housewife. The um, well, how, how house <laughs> he's a house husband. He is very proud of that, and he does a great job. He really does. He's he is. He is the most endearing of the side characters, and it's not even a that's not even a particularly short list either. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He's nice. Making Yoshi's but... favorite foods, even though Grandpa doesn't like it. He's just like, but he likes it. Well he Slightly... also he, he also makes grandpa's favorite foods too. He's very he's very fair to both of them and to uh Yoshimori's little brother. little brother as well. I like the characterization of the omelets too, because it's Yoshi and Grandpa just being like uh, I can't believe you made what he likes. This is garbage. If it's not a sweet <laughs> omelet, who eats it? And the grandpa's just like, if it's not a savory omelet, it's clearly not worthy of a man. I'm like, you two have different opinions that are just refusing to concede the other can be right. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even the fact that they have different opinions. That's fine. It's for no other reason than just a It's out of piece. spite. Yes. I also Cause like you know, a... Because you know dad would make two separate omelets for them. He would, but he's what? making one because he needs to learn how to compromise. Also, my boy Yoshi constantly drinking coffee milk because he gets four hours of sleep a night. A night. Yep. I, I'm so glad they informed me he takes a nap the second he gets home from school. Because yeah. I was wondering, when does this boy sleep? He doesn't. Uh-huh. 
He sleeps in class. <laughs> That's when he sleeps. Poor guy, because he also probably has homework and assignments. And it's like, when does he do those too? If he has to go take a nap immediately getting back home. Yeah. But um, we're kind of talking about the family because in all fairness, this these couple of chapters really do a lot just to establish the relationship of everything. Um, the main plot of this next little bit uh, is Yoshi starts off a chapter expressing, hey, you know how I'm really cool and really powerful? Oh, we kind of skimmed over. Yoshi's got like an insane amount of spiritual power. Yeah, it's that gets mentioned frequently where like main protagonist has tons of power, but has difficulty harnessing it mm-hmm. Yeah, and using it. As mentioned, it shows its age, uh, not not all, only the one time to its detriment, in my opinion. Despite the fact he's super good at this, what he really wants to do is bake cake castles. And I'm yes. like, okay. very specific ask. And I'm intrigued. <laughs> he doesn't want to just bake cakes. He wants yeah. to make cakes into castles. I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> Man's got a dream. I respect that. <laughs> I, I love how this is revealed because it's Yoshi being like, my plan is almost perfect. And then Grandpa's like practicing his calligraphy and then goes, what is this sweet aroma? Where's Yoshimori? Oh, he's in the kitchen. That ultra westernized boy. (laughs) (laughs) He he, he practically kicks in the kitchen door. I'm putting it into this. (laughs) And then they battle with their barrier magic over the cake. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, man. And then, uh, after that fight, he has to go to school. When he gets to school, we uh, get another plot element thrown in that not only do they fight demons, uh, they can also see ghosts because yeah. there is just a weird baker standing in the middle of a crowd of children and no one can see him. Everyone seems to be ignoring him. <laughs> I actually really like this, both because it introduces a fun character in the baker ghost mm-hmm. and also because it uh, it's our first hint that, you know, um, the the supernatural elements of this world extend just beyond, you know, this family and the Ayakashi that they fight. It, it's a subtle way of uh, flushing out the setting to be more than just the shenanigans that go on at this school. I really do like how subtle that is, too, because um, what he says is he's like, look, there's this woman. Go to this address. Go check it out. She's good at dealing with ghosts. That's not really what I do. I exterminate demons. If I'm dealing with you, you you have messed up. She's much yep. more gentle on this. And the guy's just like, well, I'm not a ghost, but uh, and then heads no, off. No, you totally are. And like, I, I, I really like because I thought he was sending her to um, other girls like grandma for some reason. No, this is just a separate person who handles ghosts. And I'm like, oh, cool. This is some nice world building. I like this. This is. This yeah. isn't our deal. We're not going to focus on this, but this exists in the world. Mm-hmm. We don't even see the medium lady on panel, at least not in the reading that we did. The ghost does leave because uh, one thing that uh, Yoshimori mentions is you were drawn here because you are supernatural, because you are a ghost. That's why you don't remember why you came here. It was the power that drew you. If you stick around, you will turn into a monster and I will have to destroy you, which you do not want. So please leave. And uh, he's not able to convince the uh, uh pastry or ghost uh that he is a ghost yet but um uh he's like okay i'll go to this address you're really committed to this prank kid but whatever and he meets the uh ghost later outside of a uh of a bakery where they are both admiring the cakes 
pastry or ghost it, uh, has realized that, yes, I am indeed actually a ghost. You know, I could wander off to the afterlife or whatever, but uh, I mean, you're the only one who's actually talked. I'm just going to hang around you for a while, kid. Go away. Uh, I can fly now. This is fun. I kind of I never really did anything in my life, so I feel like uh, just passing away is kind of a waste. Can I just hang out with you? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to go indulge being invisible and able to fly by peeping into changing rooms. Ugh. Of course. Wait, hold on. You're a baker? Yeah. I want to be a baker. All right, you're going to help me with baking-related shenanigans. Just so long as you don't tell my grandpa, because he both does not like the baking and also would destroy you for being a ghost. Yeah, we we get... we The, the action set piece of this little bit is... Um, we get a more uh, malicious ghost that at first uh, Yoshimori thinks is his uh, calling the pastry or ghost uh, friend is uh, a bit of a stretch at this point, but he thinks that's who it is. But it turns out it is uh, actually uh, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, <laughs> it is Mr. Salaryman from the stationery company who was fired for no reason. I worked there for 25 years and then they said I did nothing. Maybe I should get to cut people. And I'm like, buddy, what? Which in all fairness is Yoshi and Tokune's uh, reaction is just like, mm. buddy, no, that's dumb. <laughs> you, you should just go. No, I think I will start by cutting you up. And then they use their uh, Kakashi magic to basically reduce him to just a floating head. Which uh, is Yoshi's decision to floating head him. Uh, Tokune was just like, he is an evil ghost who just threatened homicide. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's getting uh, dispersed. Mm -hmm. And Yoshi's just like, no, he could be a good guy. And Yoshi and uh, Tokune is just like, well, no, the power here is inherently corrupting. I don't think you fully understand, but he could be a good guy. And so it's like. I do appreciate how empathetic you are. Yeah, sure, whatever. We'll do your thing. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does work. Yeah. yeah. Well, ba yeah. basically, it does work because he's held as a head and just like, hey, did you love anything in your life? Not really. I was arranged married, so really I had nothing good going on. Ooh, but he buddy. loved his daughter. Yeah, he, it's, it's, he finally gets to admit, I loved my daughter. And I'm like, buddy, lead with that next time. You were just a real depressing bomb right there. <laughs> he's just like, I guess I'd like to see my daughter one more time. And he's just like, cool, I can do that. We're going to go find your house. Well, no, he sends the head uh, to the, the address. Edward oh, Scissorhead. Right. Yeah, Edward gotcha. Scissorhead to the medium. And yep. uh, says that she can arrange that for you. I, I like that. You know, this is a shonen manga. Fighting the bad guys is the general default. But I also like a series that will uh, be like, uh, hey, sometimes empathy is the right choice. I, I appreciate that personally. Yeah, same. I, I enjoyed this uh, little mini arc. And uh, now Pastry Ghost is still here and will occasionally crop up again for more shenanigans, which is good because I like Pastry Ghost. He's fun. Pretty funny. Asahiko is the guy's name. Oh, does he have a name? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't remember if he introduced himself or not. I think he did, but it never really comes up. And so when he did, it was probably around the first time he showed up. And after that, he's just uh, Yoshimori's uh, uh, ghost buddy. Mm -hmm. But now we have an arc where I thought I knew where it was going and it kind of did. 
and yet it didn't. And I was thankful for the ways in which it uh, kind of subverted my expectations because we have poor Yoshimori. It's like I said earlier, everyone's such an asshole to this poor kid. I mean, if he didn't deserve it half of the time, I'd be a little more empathetic. Yeah. But... <laughs> I, I, I know, I'd say but... half of the time is a little bit harsh, but yeah, he does earn it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I I don't know. It's just it just it, it feels like he's just reacting. He's giving back the negativity that he's getting half of the time because we see that he's a good kid. That might be kind of an important element because um he got he got served with a raw deal first and he reacted like a kid reacts when he gets when a kid gets served with a raw deal not well and it's sort of been creating a feedback loop ever since. Yeah, I'm just gonna mm -hmm. remind you. Uh, most of the characters in this story we're gonna uh, talk about are middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. With the occasional mm -hmm. ones who aren't middle schoolers are going to be low, like underclassmen in high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. The age range of the protagonists is pretty young in this series. Our uh, primary characters, uh, Yoshimori and, Toki and Tokine are heading to school. And she's like, seriously, stop following me. You're disgusting. And poor kid. <laughs> he is. He finds this devastating. He is blue screened like normally he'd fall asleep in class, but no, he's still just blue screening. <laughs> what does she mean? I'm disgusting. And I'm like, why did she say that? Oh, no, probably just having a bad day in all fairness. Yeah, <laughs> probably. In all fairness, he does just follow her to school, he despite the fact she constantly says, don't do that. Yeah, he the, mm. the thing is, he's hovering because he's being overprotective. But they're, I mean, it's they're a, both young enough that they don't really understand why they feel the way they feel. I got it is, it is understandable why he's doing it. That doesn't necessarily also, make it. Yeah, it's also understandable it why she finds it annoying. Yeah, yeah it comes yeah. off as uh, annoying little brother to me, though. It's like, hey, no, why aren't we hanging out? Why aren't we hanging? It's just, hmm. Like, especially from her yeah, perspective, because she's not getting like, I have dedicated my life to actually actually considering what we see of her insight later. She probably knows that's what he's doing and finds it more annoying because of that. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Our boy isn't very uh, subtle in his cool Shonen hero moments. So and I kind of think that makes him very, very endearing because, you know, sometimes you like yeah. some of those like cheesy, like, oh, there you are trying to be a a very like down low pro tag who is trying to protect the girl that you don't know if you mm. like, but you totally do. And <laughs> Mr. Hardboiled Shonen hero oh, over here. This, this manga would have been unbearable if he was a dark edge Lord boy. It's just like, <laughs> Oh yes. The darkness of this area. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> he sometimes thinks he's that, but reality sets in quickly enough for it to be a funny gag. Buddy, you fight with cubes. You don't get to be cool. Um. <laughs> there is also a bit of a fun uh, running gag that we see in... It only happened like two or three times at most, but I feel like it's going to be a, a recurring gag going forward where he'll try to turn a phrase and he'll just get the words wrong. And then there'll be like a little... Either a character will say afterward, did he mean? Or there'll be a little uh, narration box. He actually meant, which oh. like that is so real. Like as someone who who tries to turn phrases and and has a prodigious vocabulary, I do that a lot. So I <laughs> I, I I felt that in this very chapter, uh, one of the friends, one of the other 
boys in his so, class classmate. It, in in this chapter i'm not clear on considering what we see later from an outsider's perspective i think yoshi actually is pretty popular like mm -hmm. i i i don't think he's picked on is the thing so i think these are mm -hmm. actually yeah. friends like he seems yeah, to have probably. a pretty good social life yeah, I think, I, mean, I think I think the big thing is he doesn't have time for a social life. He'd probably be a popular kid if it weren't for the fact that he was constantly awake all night fighting demons. Well, it's also the fact that he also probably had like a lot of childhood. Like he grew up with these people as well. Yeah. So he was probably mm. known as that kid who slept often in class because reasons. Because yeah. uh, someone, someone even points out, even though he sleeps through class all the time, people will still come up to his desk to talk to him. So it's like, he's liked. He doesn't have the uh, shonen protagonist trope of being like the, the loner. outsider. Yeah. He does sit in the shonen protagonist seat, though. Yeah. He, <laughs> like, like, again, it, it's very much sometimes he thinks he is that. And I think part of him wants to be, but he's not that. And the series is better for it. <laughs> He wants to be but, the traditional shonen protagonist and then has to be kept reminding, dude, you fight with cubes. <laughs> <laughs> you fight with cubes, dude. It's not that deep. Hiromu, uh, he's a wannabe, like, super gossip that uh, collects information on everybody in the school, but it apparently is not very good at it. Uh, it's my hobby but, to collect information on people. Also, I sell it. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's, uh... He, he's a guy, but um, he he learns that uh, Yoshimori knows uh, Tokine, who is uh, very popular among the boys in school. Even the professor, even the teachers, too, apparently. That was a little creepy. So yeah. I, I, I will point <laughs> yeah. out, this is a line said by a middle school boy who, I, I think a lot of this is middle schoolers being dumb, is really what this yeah. comes off as. Mm. Oh, no. I, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I was... Uh, I was going to go along a similar tangent uh, as he's like grilling Yoshimori for information on token a. And meanwhile, poor Yoshimori, he's still, he's still just trying to process being called disgusting. And also what do you mean that professors are secretly crazy for her? Yeah. He does. He does have the very reasonable reaction when he hears, you know, however much, uh, you know, uh, middle schoolers being dumb it is. He does have the reasonable reaction of that's a problem. I'm going to look into the, well, the, I'm going to look into this part is, is not necessarily as reasonable, but, it's not That's the moral reason. It's the how dare he steal my girl. Wait, what? <laughs> Where did that thought come from? Like, this is not an altruist behavior. He's yeah, doing right that's now. true too. That's true too. <laughs> he at least has a brief moment of self awareness as he goes, "I wonder if I'm acting prematurely," and then it immediately dovetails into, "She's just gonna call me disgusting again." It's like, no, hold on. <laughs> you you were get you were getting somewhere there for a second <laughs> with the maybe acting prematurely thing. He ends up tailing her and uh, sees her with a. Uh, a teacher who has a reputation as being a flirt, which is where uh, I also got the the um, not great vibes. And fortunately, it doesn't it kind of doesn't go in that direction. It, it sidesteps it enough that. Yeah, I'm, the way the manga presents this situation, I don't think there's anything. Well, the fact that spoiler alert, he's been possessed by a demon. Yeah, um, that's that's it, that's how it sidesteps it, it, it. is where it gets creepy. Um, I think his natural inclination is he just knows he's the hot teacher and like is just giddy on the attention. Mm, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, you teach middle school, high school. Mm. You just acknowledge like that's just. You can't do much about that. He 
seems like a nice enough guy when he's not possessed. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's sort of what I feel Sam was mentioning and how I feel about it is that like, once we get to his actual personality, it sidesteps all of the creepy and yeah. Okay. But anyway, since uh, he is being possessed and being like, um, Hey, you're totally into me. Right. And she's just like, I'm going to say something vague that if someone was listening in might misinterpret this entire scenario, but yes. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> and then he's just like, I need to warn her. That guy's gross. Oh no. You know, that, guy, that guy's dangerous. Well, he tries to, she likes dangerous men. <laughs> yeah. That's, that becomes his mental refrain for the rest of this uh, section, which I found kind of amusing. Up this this section too. Cause it pops he up does, later. Yeah, he, he does uh, think that more than uh, just in this bit. Uh, but he uh, he tries to make a uh, teacher look bad by uh, tripping him with Hekai box thing. A cube. With the cube. cube. <laughs> it doesn't work because uh, something breaks it before he's able to trip over it. And it's like, well, uh, before I was concerned for reasons I don't understand, now I'm concerned because I am relatively certain he's evil. I'm like, at this point, you're just like, okay, this chapter was called Teacher's Pet. It starts with um, Tokune um, acting weird and out of character from Yoshi's perspective. Like she said, disgusting. That's not anything. And that's something he's worried about. And then she's behaving really weirdly when it comes to this new teacher. And he's just like, oh, no, she's being mind controlled. And you as the audience, I think, are supposed to be like, she's being mind controlled. He confronts her. And just like, hey, there's something weird about that new teacher. And she goes, ah, yes, I'm going to be very vague and not answer your question or say anything implicit. But I am also keeping an eye on him. I'm going to meet with him later. I tried to meet with him earlier, but he wasn't in his office. I wonder where he could have been. And he's and Yoshi's just like, I, what? Oh, what? There is there is the element of um uh yoshimori's like perspective on it is oh she does like bad boys whereas it was kind of obvious that she also knew he was evil and was and was like casing him which mm -hmm. later on she explicitly like i knew i should have acted sooner yeah because she was uh, totally casing him the entire time because we we cut to teacher man in an alley with a bunch of degenerate uh, like punk kids and they're just like, yeah, we're we're skipping class and we've got leather jackets on. And he's just like, you, yes, you made a pass at my girlfriend, didn't you teach? Do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? He, then he's just like, hey, by the way, I'm no longer talking about the thing you wanted about. I always wondered if I could get nutrients from people anymore. And they're like. What the hell? Oh, sorry, you weren't supposed to be conscious for that. What? Ah! And they all fall ah. unconscious. And like the manga is just like, did he just kill them? And he's just like, no, I didn't kill them because I can't eat them anymore. I need to eat the energy from the school. And then in case you were worried they were actually dead, the next scene opens up with one of uh, Yoshi's friends going like, hey, did you hear about all those kids that fainted? It's been happening more and more around school. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> what, what do you mean there's been a rash of kids fainting? You guys are discontinuing <laughs> class when there have been large groups of people fainting wherever this new substitute teacher goes? Hey, that is they just live in that world. Everything's happening. <laughs> <laughs> we could die any day, guys. You're gotta live wrong, every day like it's your last uh, considering the demon he is i'm assuming mind control nonsense but we don't know 
there's a little hint as to his true power during the uh, alleyway confrontation as his shadow splits into three that lashes out at the punks. But uh, it's only revealed later when uh, our heroes arrive at the school to hunt him down that he is surrounded by three giant snakes. It's actually really cool looking. Mm -hmm. I dig this vibe. And I'm like, ooh, man, you can have cool power designs. Main characters just have cubes. Okay. Um (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, we see lots of cool powers in this. Our our main characters are the cube people, I guess. In in all fairness, they do have a throwaway line at the very beginning that their technique is so powerful because of how simple and easy it is to learn. Thus, Mm -hmm. you can, like, you don't have to waste a lot of time, like. Yeah, and they do use it in creative ways in some places. So it's 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 very much um, the idea of like giving the main characters a simple power set so that the audience can understand how it works quickly. It it's almost the same logic as like it's powerful because it's easy to learn. It's also easy for the audience to learn, and then mm-hmm. we can be creative with the either one-off or recurring antagonists to have you know something more exotic. And I, I think it's really to the detriment of this manga. Probably not even fairly. Un- until it, they started doing cooler things with them, the cubes were really boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very simple. I'm like. I do like barrier magic as like a power set. I appreciate geometric shapes. I thought they are nice cubes. They are very nice cubes. They make the brain do the good chemicals from seeing symmetry. Uh, I I guess I guess my take on it was when I first started uh, and I saw the cubes. I'm like, is that it? And by the time I was starting to get concerned that that was all it was going to be, we start seeing them do other things with it. Like, for example, in this in this very confrontation, one of the things that they do is you can enclose just a part of something and then destroy the the cube. And so you can like um uh like if you something is too big, spa- to it, you can dead space things. Um, and then other things like um, like summoning them, you can use it to smack someone because they they like raise up. So like mm-hmm. as it was getting to the point where it's like, is this really it? That was when they started um, injecting a little bit more. And by the end of this section, we do get some more uh, creative stuff. But that's a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, they find out the the teacher is not evil, but is really being controlled by a uh, Ayakashi parasite on the back of his neck. And they're just mm-hmm. like, ah, yes, those parasites normally go on, on like spirits, like our dogs. This one must have gotten powerful enough to get on a human. Specifically, it got on his snakes. And he has the magical power to create the snakes. Uh, and we know that they're like sympathetically linked. So getting on the snake was just about the same as getting on him. As far as the little parasite thing was concerned. He's almost like a deconstructed Voldemort. Oh my god. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> not, not wrong. Not huh. correct, but I guess not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, you said you had an Ayakashi on the back of your head, and he happened to attach via your snakes. Very deconstructed. Hmm. Ah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now I see it. <laughs> Okay. Yoshimori is able to use his incredible power to keep the snakes distracted while Tokine uses her more controlled skills to destroy the tiny parasite, thus sparing Mr. Teacher Man, who passes out and then wakes up and is like, oh, geez, I've been a creeper teacher. Oh, I'm so sorry. 
Thank you for saving me. And uh, of course, he immediately turns back into Mr. Hawkeye teacher. Like, like he's honestly expressing his thanks, but it's because he's Mr. Hawkeye teacher, it's posed in a way like he's confessing love to Tokide. Yeah. It comes off it comes off as silly and harmless, so mm-hmm. so like ultimately it's fine, but Yeah. It's I don't know. It it strikes me as this is the teacher a group of girls at the middle school have a crush on, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, again, I don't think that the teacher is is malignant or a creeper, and I I think the manga is playing into the joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it is. It is absolutely playing into that joke and leveraging the character's age, which is a a, a clever thing mm-hmm. to do. We have a uh, a brief interstitial thing where uh, Yoshimori wants to go to a legendary cake, uh, a legendary and very exclusive cake joint that uh, Bakery Ghost tells him about. Nerd. <laughs> he, he was he was uh feeling uh despondent about his prospects of making the perfect castle cake and the pastry or ghost is like uh hey uh i almost uh lost my passion once but then i had this and uh, it's a hundred percent a filler chapter yeah great the, filler chapter though because it's, it's uh you got to go to the back alley bakery where they have a number of seats that you have to sit in at midnight because they open at five in the morning and yoshi says like Dude, I work nights. What? This isn't going to work. <laughs> and he's just like, it's the only way you could have the world's most delicious cake. And I'm like, hold on. Well, I know we haven't mentioned this yet, but I got these little paper uh, little minions who clean up the ground after we have fights. I didn't oh, no, mention they, They'd shown those before. I, I'm saying we haven't talked about them. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Yep. Fair. Yep. But, um, and like, but they also can turn into exact duplicates of me. They proceed to turn into a chubby version of him. He's like, hey, hey, no. I'm not that fat. I know I'm currently desperately going after cake, but stop it. You know what? No, let's forget this whole thing. I'm not dealing with his body image issues. Let's just make it an attractive foreign man. And then it's literally a caricature of like, I am from Spain. <laughs> Did somebody he, call me? He's labeled as like the Latin foreigner or something like that. Noble Latin man. Yeah, noble Latin man. And this is not the only appearance we will get of noble Latin man. But the, and, the his, main... and his uh, ultimate secret technique. But the the main gist of this, which I really like, is um, uh, Yoshi and Tokune are having their own like everyday adventure that we're barely even keeping contact with because we're constantly <laughs> coming back to the guy waiting for the cakes because some uh, Yakuza come and is like, hey, buddy, get out of line. My girlfriend wants some cake, so I'm going to get your seat. And then uh, Samurai Flamenco Man comes in here and it's just like, Ole, I was told to defend myself if attacked. Meanwhile, Yoshi's just like, oh God, my duplicate's being attacked and this hurts a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm running out of all my juice because he's getting attacked. He's trying to keep secret uh, from... From Tokine that he's doing this. (laughs) That he has uh, one of the uh, Shikigami elsewhere. And the entire time, her inner monologue is just like, he's clearly expending power on something else. This is insanely stupid, but I guess when you have buttloads of power, you can do whatever you want. She's real resentful of how (laughs) much natural power he has. She's so salty. (laughs) It makes her being uh, rude towards him make make a lot of sense in character. Yeah, very much is the case where I... 
I, I feel bad usually for uh, Yoshimori, but uh, I can understand why some people are uh, miffy with him at times. The Shikigami is like, well, I'm getting beaten up by all these Yakuza. It's time when the going gets tough. The tough get going. My secret technique, preheated oven tornado. As he sticks out his arms and spins. I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. And it knocks out all the Yakuza. I punish useless things. Is that your catchphrase? Probably. <laughs> yep. And uh, he gets the cake. But unfortunately, uh, because Yoshi has to go to school, uh, the cake is brought back to the house where um, they didn't have any sweets for tea. So Grandpa ate all the cake up. And I'm like, Grandpa, you said you hate Western desserts. That was literally <laughs> your character. <laughs> he did that out of spite. <laughs> he heard that his grandson brought it home and he's like, hmm, yeah, I'm going to eat that. Yoshimori's father is like, I tried to stop him to save some for you, but I just couldn't. He kept eating. It's it's okay, Dad. It's okay. There's some crumbs left. And they're the tastiest crumbs I've ever had. I'm going to get that cake one day. <laughs> this did have my favorite joke, which was um, the bakery ghost was late for the arranged meeting to explain the whole back alley bakery thing yeah and, and uh it's like you're a ghost can't you fly believe it or not it's actually faster if i take the train you're right i don't believe that <laughs> it's time that we got back to a bit of plot as we are uh introduced to another character or well we start off with a little flashback of a young of a young tokine and her tragic backstory yeah, yeah, this uh, this backstory, when early on Tokune's injury to her arm was off screen, because I'm like, ooh, it must have been gruesome. It must have been really gruesome, considering what they show with her dad. Uh-huh. Holy crap. <laughs> we will get to that, but yeah. Tokune absolutely has the uh, edgy manga protagonist backstory instead of, uh, instead of Yoshimori. Mm-hmm. Yeah, small Tokune wants to go with her father to, uh, to Kakaishi battles. And her dad's like, nah, I've got it. I'll take care of it. But I want to help. No, okay. Here's the thing. You're my daughter and I love you. So I can't bring you onto the battlefield. Wait until you're older. I'll be fine. And then he, and then, well, flashback ends. So. But dad, you're incredibly weak when it comes to spiritual power. There's an argument that I'm stronger than you now. Nope, I'm going to protect my daughter. Dad. <laughs> Yeah, he he's he's a walking parade of death flags. It's not that hard to figure out where this is going. <laughs> we actually kind of skipped over it, but during the initial Mr. Hot Teacher arc, I, he's got a name. I don't remember what it is. Mino. That's it. Mino. Mino. Yeah. During that uh, during that arc, when um, Information Man is pestering Yoshimori, he says, uh, Tokune's father is never around. Is he dead or something? And Yoshimori immediately is like, I hate guys like you that don't have any telepathy. Oh, sh I'm an empathy. <laughs> That's one of the times where that uh, that bit happens. It's funny. I actually just skimmed, like my brain did the auto-correcting for what uh, was expected. I didn't read telepathy. I read empathy. And it wasn't until the uh, characters were like, did he say the wrong thing that I had to go back and be like, oh, he said the wrong thing. What the heck? 
The other thing I like is I forget what the what his friend said. Did he mean? And it wasn't empathy. It was another word that could be slotted in there, though. I think what he meant was empathy. This is a long way to say we've had hints of the tragic backstory for a while now. Well, speaking of Mino, he is uh, his three snakes, Roxanne, Simone and Josephine (laughs) put on a show. Well, they try to, but uh Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yoshi and, just, and Tokenade do not care. I'm just trying to express my gratitude that that I've met folks with strange powers. I've never known anyone else who could do something like this, and you saved my life. Well, Mino, you should sign up with the Shadow Organization because it sounds like you haven't. And also, we care about you as much as the manga does, and are going to remember you just as fondly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Mm-hmm. We're leaving now. But and... no, if you leave me, I cease to exist. <laughs> Ah. yeah uh, as matt mentioned the shadow organization is uh name dropped here we get a better explanation of it later from the manga but the uh long and short of it is that uh there are as alluded to previously a lot of people out there with weird mystic magic powers not just the the cube crew and the ayakashi so the shadow organization is a collective a sort of loose confederacy of people with weird powers who aren't a part of a larger like familial or clan-based organization. Yeah, one thing that got mentioned in passing was that the Shadow Organization used to be something very specific as the world had less uh, supernatural shenanigans in it with time. They sort of, um, because they weren't connected to a specific family, started uh, folding in basically anyone who had weird powers. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, they're they're sort of the, you know, they're sort of the liaison between all of the different people with uh, particular powers. Even if, like, even if you're not directly in the Shadow Organization, if you have power they probably know about you yeah Man, i i personally love the amount of hoops they jump through to be like the shadow organization is not criminals but <laughs> but <laughs> I, I i love the logic they use is it something along the lines of um it, this is explained after this arc but it's just like they're a beneficial point but what they do is they have been finding work for people with special powers because if you don't give those people something to do and feel useful they use their powers on regular people which is normally bad also we also might be using them on regular people because the number of demons has been going down and down each year there is just less and less of them so we don't Mm -hmm. need an army of people to fight them so uh maybe they are doing crime who they, knows? <laughs> uh, by the end of this arc, they frame the Shadow Organization very negatively. It's yeah. so weird because it's an organization called the Shadow Organization. But it's like every time they're presented, it's always the grandma and grandpa going like, they are fine, upstanding organizations. We don't trust them secretly, but we won't say that out loud. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, we're we're all just pretending here, audience included. Fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Works for me. A member of the Shadow Organization uh, visits uh, Tokene's family. She's a demon tamer. Yeah, she's... I'm trying to remember what she looks like, but it's very generic, like, black kimono and, like, black hair. She's... She she looks like a villain. Uh, (laughs) But... um, She she looks like uh, Erica from Pokemon Gen 1 in a goth phase. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, her whole story is I came here because I used to work with your dad when he was alive and I really, really like looked up to him. Mm -hmm. 
And she's every second just constantly saying about how cool um, Tokune's dad was. And this is when we get the flashback from her of her dad coming home and his guts spilling out over the front of the house. Yeah, he's soaked in blood. And <laughs> because an Ayakashi got him and it goes over to her father as he's dying. And he like reaches out a bloody hand grabs it her by the shoulder like pulls her in close and goes don't ever let your guard down and dies in front of her and i'm like why why would you do that to your child yeah, yeah that was my reaction don't trust anyone ever and uh oh hey what should happen but um yoshimori's mother <laughs> happened to be at the gate and saying sorry i didn't get there in time to save him but i did kill the ayakashi so yeah, uh yeah yoshimori's mother is um <laughs> she's a thing cuz yeah. i i said um that uh yomi looks like a villain <laughs> um yoshimori's mom looks like an end boss <laughs> is not horror at all you get a horror setup and then you're like this could easily go off in a direction and do like a real like heart drop. And then it doesn't, but that setup is there. And I'm wondering if that's like a lingering thing of having worked on a different series. Explain mm -hmm. how gruesome Tokene's dad's death was. Cause uh... it also, yeah, sometimes scenes will just be randomly gruesome. There is clearly a tone for everything else that will sometimes be suddenly removed. Like I, rem I like it's a Vietnam flashback of the time I worked on a horror manga. Yeah, this reminder of her father's grim death, as one might expect, uh, has Tokune a bit down. And so she's uh, acting strangely during the uh, nightly Ayakashi hunt. Yoshimori, to his benefit, tries to cheer her up with some cake. Sweets are the source of love in the world or something to that effect. He has a, he has yeah. a mantra that's something like that. <laughs> and uh, suddenly they sense an evil presence. And they go to chase off after the presence. Well, and because huh, it, there's no one here except Miss Yomi, who fell out of a tree. Well, the manga is still being coy at this point. It wasn't an evil presence they sensed. They sensed uh, that someone had tripped the like outside uh, barrier. And I will say, from a design perspective, I didn't get villain vibes from Yomi. But the way her scenes are framed, it's not particularly subtle. She is like manga character TM uh, bland, you know, like not badly designed, but very simple. Her reveal scene, right? That happens right here. Yeah. Is essentially just like, Yoshi's basically like, hey, you know, I know you really liked um, Tokune's dad. And like, he was a real cool guy. I think he was a real cool guy. Well, actually, I don't know him. I was too young when he died. Um, I think that brings up a lot of bad memories with her. Maybe just don't mention him at all. And then she's just like, hey, I drugged you. And he's like, what? Oh, no. And it's like, by the way, I hated the weakling that was her father. And I want to get all the power here for myself. Yes, moaha. And I'm like, right, okay. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's what we're doing now. Um, this was this was revealed after um, the first night where she showed up uh, of tripping the magic alarm and, uh, you know, acted like she was just very bumbling. And it's like, why are you even here? Oh, the shadow organization sent me for what? I can't tell you why. Secret. <laughs> Got it. OK, mm -hmm. you're, you're definitely yeah. not going to betray the main characters. Her gimmick is she like mm -hmm. overly can't keep a secret and I think the manga's playing that up as she's doing that to hide herself. 
I could also mm -hmm. believe that just being her, though, considering how she does keep her secret. Like, no one buys them. Yeah. Like, we find out the grandparents didn't trust her. So it's like, she was just bad at keeping mm -hmm. secrets. So uh, it's the second night where uh, Tokune is uh, on the other, like, on the other side of the grounds from Yoshimori, who runs into... Yomi, and then gets knocked out and drugged, as Matt said earlier. And then, giant friggin' demon! <laughs> I'm big and slow and dumb, and I want to but be him. your friend. He's so cute. <laughs> he is kind of cute. He is the biggest and slowest and dumbest of the demons, and he is uh, he, uh, Yomi's friend. And mm, Yomi's Yoki. just like... Is, well, he's, he's Yomi's he's friend. Yoki. No, he's he Yomi's... is Yoki. Yeah, the girl he is, is Yomi. Yoki. It's Yoki and Yomi. He is yes. Yoki. She is Yomi. Yoki Yomi. Yes, yes. And my brain hurts. <laughs> <laughs> like their backstory is literally, I'm such a bad demon tamer. I also I love the fact that her backstories are just flashbacks she's having internally that she's not vocalizing to anyone. We are just occasionally mm -hmm. shown her backstories, uh, and it's just like. Here is a sad story of me picking up the runt of the litter. Only in this case, the runt of the litter is a giant slow behemoth. Mm -hmm. Hey, did you hear about the magical place that gives demons super powerful energy? We should go there and then you'll be big and strong. And he's like, will I be smarter? Probably. <laughs> will I be faster? Mm-hmm. We'll take over I'll this place and defeat the uh, Kakaishi. Yeah, he actually wants to be smaller, not bigger. Yeah, he's very insecure about his about his his size. It's really interesting. It's like I didn't want to be this big, but now I'm just a big idiot and everyone makes fun of me. I'll be bigger and faster and stronger too. And I'll be the first member of the DK crew. Does does he want to be smaller? I I thought that was when he started getting corrupted. That was when that thought started uh, coming into his head. It's mentioned in passing that if he was physically smaller, he could potentially move faster. Mm -hmm. He he doesn't express it as like a stated goal until he starts getting corrupted. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like how all boxers want to be in featherweight because if you're smaller, you're faster. Wait, no. All boxers want to be heavyweight because if you have more muscle mass, you can punch. Hard. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he also said he's not very smart. You're right. But uh, Tokune falls into a Team Rocket-esque uh, pitfall trap and then gets a giant rock thrown on top of the pit in order to uh, pin her down. And she's just gloating that. It's like, yeah, you're wondering where my hostage is? I kept him someplace safe. You'll never find him. Cut to Yoshi going like, where the hell am I? <clears throat> and then hits a square box out of... Uh, Yoki's back jumps out yep. and Yoki's just like my back. Well, yeah, it's it, Yoki's got a <laughs> He's got shell. like a big turtle shell thingy on his back. Yeah. And uh Yoshimori breaks out of there. There is a clever bit when Tokune is uh trapped by the rock. She can't use the Kekai on the um rock itself because it has uh charms on it. She tunnels sideways out from under it, which is uh mm -hmm. pretty clever. I, I I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, that was cool. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Yoshimori is just incredibly powerful, so he blasts a hole out of uh, Yoki's back, leaps out, severs his arm, and drops down, looking all cool. Now take back what you said about her father. Wh what? <laughs> Did you seriously just pick up the conversation we had 12 hours ago? Oh. I've done other things since then, buddy. Uh <laughs> I mean the monologue you were having. You were drugged! Wh what? How are you even awake? <laughs>
Did you also see my flashback? <laughs> yes. Well, no. Uh, Yomi was taunting uh, Tokune. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's what he. That's what. Uh, that's what Yoshimori he was, was uh, referring to. Mm-hmm. It is. It is one of those cases that if he can intuit what like emotional issues are from that rant as well as he does, then you got some pretty selectively oh, uh, I, strong. I mean. I don't know. The way, the turn this takes immediately right here, though, is kind of just like, she's just like, well, if you've escaped, I'm fighting two on one. I should have just killed you. I'm going to need more power. Come on, Yoki. Use more powers. Okay, I'll eat more power. Hey, didn't the power here also turn you super evil? Right, I probably should have thought about that. Uh-oh. <laughs> I forgot all the power makes you super evil. Dang it. It's just like, okay, because he is immediately like, if I was smaller, I'd be faster and stronger. I need to cut the excess weight and then throws Yomi away. I just realized I don't need you anymore. Though I will say one thing that I thought was it wasn't the obvious choice to go with and I kind of appreciated it for it. Even after she gets uh, betrayed by Yoki, Yomi is still like, trying to help him and uh is okay with this because what she wants is for him to be happy and she even wants, if he's evil she wants him to be strong because that means making fun of a weakling is she's got a whole complex that yeah it's, it's yeah. a lot deeper than that but we skipped over my favorite part which is um at some point in the scuffle um tokene takes uh yomi hostage and she's got a kunai because mm-hmm. She's got a kunai out with her all the time to her throat and just goes, I'm keeping you hostage. If you mo- don't talk to him or else or else what? I'll take you hostage. And I'm like, that's no, the or else is threatening to kill them. You, <laughs> what is your bargaining here? You've already got her hostage. <laughs> she, she's a kid. Or else I'll continue holding you with this knife to your throat. That's not a bargaining position. <laughs> <laughs> and and to be fair, it does uh, result in her losing that bargaining position almost immediately. Yeah, but uh, how did he know where we were? I'm his demon tamer. Of course, I can speak telepathically to him. Yep. But then the betrayal happens and it quickly turns into uh, Yoshi fighting um, bigger. Uh, I'm smaller, more slender, but equally as powerful or infinitely more powerful, mm-hmm. I suppose. But, yeah, he's uh, getting progressively stronger the longer he's also there. he heals like instantly now he gets his hand shot mm-hmm. off a few times we have a real bloodborne ass panel where uh after throwing yomi away yoki like stands up because he's been like kind of crouched like a frog this entire time he stands up to his full height and howls and like he is shrinking but like his form is becoming darker as like he's condensing all of his power together and it's actually really menacing yeah i love his like evil form design it is intentional and in most cases i think to its benefit but uh uh kakaishi has an extremely simple art style um it's it's uh you know stripped down and relatively plain looking but like boy they uh uh the mangaka goes uh real ham on uh uh, yoki's uh yoki's like evil form Mm -hmm. yoki's evil form in particular but there there are uh uh, a couple of places where it really uh dials the art up yeah it's it's some quality shown in action bait after like the after the emotional bits, yeah. <laughs> After the 
frankly, from my perspective, at least shaky emotional bits. It's justification for this cool fight. Yeah. Which, which ends with um, Yoshi's just like, hey, I know she really cares about this demon. I'm going to desperately try not to kill him. He just needs to get out of here. Everyone's just like, that's a terrible idea. Um, in fact, even his dog's just like, that's a terrible idea. Normally, well, I'm like making fun of you, but on your side, still a terrible idea. Maduro usually thinks that Yoshi's ideas are not necessarily great ones. But uh, in this case, uh, she's like, no, that's really stupid. And I'm going to put my uh, I'm going to put my paw down and say, don't do that. I just remembered mm -hmm. both the dogs died in this fight, too. <laughs> yeah, they both got eaten by Yoki. It doesn't matter because they're because ghost dogs. dogs. Basically, it comes to the conclusion of he realizes he can't destroy the parts, but like the Ayakashi is still too big to fit in a single cube. So he's like, I can hold everything but the head. Don't move around or you might rip your head off. And he's just like, we're going to talk you down slowly. And then the shadow organization walks out of the forest going like, we were here all the time. We're going to take back our rogue operative. What? <laughs> just... Kills the demon. I'm throwing a an odd I'm, job hat. I'm I'm throwing, yeah, I'm throwing an odd job hat. I'm throwing glowing blades of energy and also a fireball. We look mm -hmm. like generic monks. And I'm like, cool. I'm glad we invested in these characters winning the fight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the first the first one is like an odd job hat that splits Yoki's head down the middle. But that still doesn't kill him. He's still like slurping back together. Yeah, that's when that's when we get the magic energy discs and, and the fireball. And the fireball. And uh, uh, one thing that had been established is uh, no ma matter how much you uh, beat up and and uh, cube explode demons, if there's any of them left, uh, they have the potential to reform, especially in that location because of the natural magical energy. So uh, the staffs that they carry uh, can, like, suck them up and send them to another dimension. Banish them to the Shadow Realm, yeah. Basically. <laughs> and they suck uh, him up into the Shadow Realm to banish him, except for a little itty-bitty tiny bit that Yoshimori grabs. Then hands to Yomi as she's... From his point of view, she just got arrested and is being walked away, mm -hmm. and they don't care that he just walks straight up to her and hands her a demon. Yeah, that's there. Okay, so I, uh, I'm not going to defend this because this is this is more naivete than empathy. But like, what it's going for is it shows that the reason he went bad was because he got drunk on power, not because he's inherently bad. But at the same time, given how she reacted, even when he was evil, she's just gonna do this again. Well, <laughs> if she ever gets out, we get a flashback, which is weird. Because that means her entire character growth has been internal because she's not expressed any of this backstory to other people. Yeah. Essentially, it's just like people made fun of her because she was a weak demon summoner who could only summon one demon and the demon she could summon was weak. That's why she hated um, Tokune's father because he was weak, but he still was happy about it. She couldn't be happy about how weak she was. So mm. that's why she wanted to like spite their family name by getting her demon super drunk on the magic power. But now that I have my demon back, who I, I love how Yoshi just goes, he's probably too small to ever be reformed into a full demon. I'm like, buddy, you don't know that. You, mm -hmm. you have established, you know, like nothing about how demons work. You did not study this. Um, 
Yeah. Cons considering the next chapter is you asking basic questions, I think that's a fair assumption. Um, yeah. 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 And it's, and it's just like, yeah, and she gets, and it's a heartwarming thing, but like from my point of view, I'm like, well, I don't really feel like she learned a lesson. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I get what it's going for. It doesn't it doesn't hold up to scrutiny. It would make more sense if Yoshi had heard her telling him this. Yeah. But that didn't happen. So he's just giving her back the gun she tried to shoot him with. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think I, I think the idea is that she like she was um vocalizing some of the stuff through what she was saying, but I mean, what what would have made it obvious to Yoshi was not verbalized. So either it's like, is he intuiting that? Because I don't ha I don't think he's that intuitive. Considering we had an entire chapter on him misunderstanding basic yeah. feelings from his childhood friend, that's definitely not a character trait. Um, yeah, the chapter immediately before on top of everything. I mean, I I'm going to be super generous to Yoshimori here and say in that preceding chapter, Tokune was, you know, intentionally trying to be deceptive. Whereas Yomi is like screaming and crying during this. So it's kind of hard to miss. I'm I admit that I'm giving this way too much slack. So yeah, it, it, it does. It I'm like, I know you're going for heartwarming manga. I know you're going for the like forgiveness and empathy angle. And I appreciate that. I see what you're going for. I just think you miss. Yeah. I am. I am like normally the one who will defend forgiveness, like well beyond when other people have dropped it. But like in this situation, she hasn't learned anything. You aren't forgiving her. You're just. You're well, just you, giving you, her back the gun. You are forgiving her is the problem, but I, I don't feel she's deserved it. So. Yeah. And it's just like Yoshi's mm -hmm. entire personality is I forgive you, starving wolf that's just going to attack me the second I open the cage. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Mm -mm. I see what the problem mm. in my thinking is. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I feel like uh, that's that's pretty much the consensus on this. Mm hmm. And that is a little bit uh, more than half, but about halfway through our reading. So we are going to take ourselves a quick break here and we will rejoin you all in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody, where last we left off, uh, our heroes had just defeated the demon Yoki and then it proceeded to give it straight back to its master. Yeah. Which was totally a great decision. <laughs> yes. The best one that could have possibly been made, sure. Meanwhile, Yoshi's going to reveal uh, how unprepared he is for this job as he asks base questions about the world he's in. <laughs> yeah, after uh, the grandparents uh, squabble like children again. We, we haven't really talked about it, but uh, Yoshi's grandpa and Tokune's grandma just squabble like kids all the time. I... It's I think they're secretly into each other. Yep. You don't understand. Uh, they actually had a, like forbidden love for each other and they were told they couldn't be together because of their families. But actually, they're cousins. Yes. 
Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? You're I right. Mean, if... they're, they're not siblings, so Jacob's not into They're like third cousins. <laughs> Why have I suddenly been ascribed to this personality trait? I didn't come up with I didn't come up with cis confidential you did. <laughs> anyway, Yoshimori asks his grandpa the very reasonable question of what are you doing out here half naked first thing in the morning yelling? I was having a rub down when that old bag started splashing water all over me. Yeah, this situation is so weird. <laughs> yeah. You were having a rub down. What it why are you spraying it with water? Oh, I was just watering my plants and I happened to miss. Why would I oh. water the top of his head? Nothing grows there. Burn! Oh. I just saw some shirtless old man in the backyard and I was just like, he needs to get wet. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> granny, <laughs> granny, hold on. This manga is taking a turn I am not about. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Tokine and her mom are just like, we'll never be able to stop them. Just they'll calm down sooner or later. <laughs> just ignore it. Uh, Meanwhile, so Yoshi's dad is just like, I can't stop them from fighting. They're going to destroy the house. <laughs> Please, I'm just trying to make breakfast. You have to stop them. As much as uh, it is very much, uh, uh, Yoshi, you seem to not know some basic things about the uh, business that you're in. It is actually a pretty clever way of delivering exposition to the audience because it does really make sense that he wouldn't know these things because he didn't want to be a part of this at the time period when they would have been teaching him. Yeah. So like a bunch of things going over his head kind of makes sense. What is the shadow organization? Well, it's the place your mom works. <laughs> That's why she's never here. Hmm. But yeah, and this is when uh, it's explained to him that the uh, organization is basically the outcasts of the magical world banding together, as we uh, talked about earlier. And we get some really cool, like, monster designs and, like, the descriptions. It seems incredibly interesting. And I look forward to uh, having more of it be uh or having Orvich show up because it does kind of add a new layer of excitement to the mystical element of this other than just cube and monster yeah. of the week and like the one thing i really appreciate is because what what it does set up is yoshi's suddenly like questioning his environment mm. and as he's coming to school he's talking to um tokene and he's just like yeah i never really noticed how weird everything is and she's like you you never noticed how weird our school is Ugh. And then he's just like, what was that about? Uh, she says the exact line, you have no idea how dark the secret really is or something to that effect. And he's just like, what? Can't you just tell me? This site is so much more frightening than you can imagine. And then he he's in school just like, Ugh, I don't even know. And then his friends are like, wait, you've never realized how weird the school is? And he's just like, not really. He's like, what season do you think it is? Fall? Then explain the cherry blossoms. And he's just like, what do you mean? Also, what do you mean we've had three falls this year? <laughs> I mean, he's been sleeping through class. It makes sense. He is very bad. Winkle over there. I've slept for <laughs> a year. I went to bed. It was fall. <laughs> I woke up. A... It was still fall. He's operating on a coffee fueled frenzy after only getting maybe four hours of sleep a night. He's probably a little loopy. Buddies, I gotta, I gotta let you know, I've been drinking coffee milk since I was five. I don't sleep. The entire world is an <laughs> unending haze of constantly caffeine-fueled fever dreams. That's like me, but for Coca-Cola. <laughs> Yoshi is sort of like, he always sort of passively understood that it was weird, but now he's thinking more about it because, um... 
he's getting more invested in this uh in this job and now he's sort of asking the questions that he should probably already know but again i think it's a clever way of delivering exposition to the audience because uh like you know obviously we're not going to know about that and instead of getting a text dump we're getting characters you know talking to each other about it but i yeah. really appreciate from uh, clever exposition is the shift it does right here because um mm -hmm. yoshi's like going through some introspective like oh i guess i'm gonna think about stuff and relook it and rather than following him do that the point of view shifts to a random passerby who's just like this girl who's just like it sure is weird that there's cherry blossoms when it's about to be winter mm -hmm. and who's that girl in the old old-fashioned school uniform underneath the tree no one's paying attention to her except that weird boy from my class she points out somebody with a school uniform that isn't from the school and it's really old-fashioned and her friend is like what are you talking about and she's like oh i uh, oh never nothing never mind and she thinks to herself oh i i mentioned something out loud weird again yeah i actually really like this because um it has a bit of a fridge logic situation to it of yoshimori is he We've had it said several times by other characters. He's got, you know, Shonen Pro Tag. Uh, uh, his raw power level is so high. It's amazing. And so he has just kind of been able to just brute force his way through everything. He's never really had to learn exactly how dangerous things are. Uh, so it's kind of scary in its own way that he's just able to flatten problems so much that he hasn't paid attention to the weird stuff and in fact finds it normal that in itself is frightening and it explains why poor yuria sees him and is like convinced he's a demon there's also a bit with uh he's uh trying to convince the ghost to uh to leave, uh, to leave the school because you will turn evil if you stick around and Obviously, the the ghost uh, doesn't like that infer at first, so uh, he rolls a he rolls a nat twenty on his intimidation check. But you're the only one who can hear me. Someone has to listen to my story. Everyone should. I'll make everyone listen to me. And as he grabs her by the throat. If you don't get out of here, I will terminate you. Okay. Yurina's just behind the corner going like, oh my god, he's choking out that ghost! <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, again, is pretty freaky. And like, she she's watching him in class and he's like, grinning and, and, and you know, scribbling in his notebook. And... Himself. So, so she looks into, uh, like, like she sneaks back into class during like lunch or something and looks at the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just his blueprints for his cake castles. And is she it, is it written in a code? What does sugar 100 milligrams mean? <laughs> or not even milligrams, 100 grams of sugar. <laughs> Quite a bit. Cakes are sweet, bro. Yeah. He likes his sweets. Is there there's just a fun parade of uh of uh goofy uh shenanigans like that. Mm. I I I really I really like uh, Yurina. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it's fun. It's a and, fun uh, perspective shift. Basically, the whole uh, conflict of this is um, her friends are just like, hey, 
we want to go check out the cherry blossoms, but that kid's being weird. How about we, we go check them out at night? We want to go check out the cherry blossoms, but all the high schoolers got here first. Let's come back here at night. That way, it'll be all to ourselves. And Yoshimori, who is just sitting behind a tree drinking his milk, his coffee milk, suddenly leaps out of a bush and leaves in his hair like, this place is dangerous at night. Never do such a foolish thing as coming here, especially near the cherry tree. Bye. And then he just walks away. <laughs> yeah, because it is it is mentioned in passing that the reason why uh, the cherry blossoms are blooming for the tree is because uh, extra magical power is condensing there. I think it was because the original lord that owned the palace the grounds were on was particularly fond of the cherry blossoms. And and they say the, cher- uh, the sakura tree is going to bloom regardless of anything they do. Like, you can't cut the tree down. It's just going to grow again. It's just going to be mm-hmm. there. That is as much a part of this, war- like, place as the power and everything. Like, it is a symptom. Yep. So, uh, Yoshimori is waiting under the tree for, uh, presumably for some Ayakashi to show up when Yurina runs up and is like, ah, it's the weird boy. Why is he dressed as a monk? What's going on? It's a, it's a very fun uh, scene of him, you know, being brash hero man telling her to get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. I already sent your friends away. What? Oh, we don't have time. Quick, get in the invisible cube you can't see because you're a normie. Why are you putting me into a cube? <laughs> <laughs> I already sent your friends away. Did you kill them? Did you? By send them away, did you mean send them to hell? What? No, of course I didn't kill them. And, uh, and like, Tokade is, like, sitting in the tree, like, uh, a really bad idea you shouldn't be doing this <laughs> i told her to get away it's not my fault that she showed up and now the ayakashi are here anyway she can't see what's going on we're just waving our hands around let's destroy these monsters meanwhile she is in the cube freaking the hell out at the shonen action battle before her there's a point when one of the ayakashi is like scratching on her box and Maduro. uh Maduro eats it, clearly notices that she can notice, and just gives this, like, bloody-mouthed grin yeah. and crunches down. It's Does like, not hey, tell anyone. Humans are, humans are interesting. Yeah. Let's mess with them a little bit. Yeah, she, she takes pride in knowing she's freaking out this girl. I mean... The two dogs, they are... They're never framed as, like, potential antagonists, but, like, they are also, they're, they're basically friendly Ayakashi, so they do have a bit of a mean streak to them. Mm-hmm. They have personalities that are distinct and not just, you know, yeah, they're, literal dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I like them a lot. <laughs> uh, Yoshimori's being chastised for using too much energy, and he's like, it's a swarm of them. I'm just gonna blow them all up. It's faster this way. And then Token is just like, I don't care if it's faster. They're just going to keep coming as long as there's blossoms. Getting rid of this batch all at once isn't worth not having any energy for the rest of the night. Shonen battle ensues. It's actually a very low stakes battle, too, because they're they're never worried. I actually I actually like the way that uh, Yoshimori wins this fight. He throws up a big Kakai uh, Kakai around the entire tree, and that causes the swarm of spirits to kind of cluster around the top as they're gnawing on it, like, ah, let us through. And then he throws up a second one around all of them since they've so conveniently clustered in one place, and boom! The thing about this situation and the reason why uh, Yoshimori wasn't more uh, concerned about getting rid of the civilians as quickly as possible was because they know that this is going to attract a massive amount of Ayakashi, but they also know that 
the overwhelming majority of them are incredibly weak. So it's going to be a swarm of mostly harmless things that as long as they get rid of them fast enough aren't a problem mm-hmm. so that's why that's why the fight is relatively casual because most of this like you know it, it you know it is to uh some extent from uh yoshi's perspective because he's the protagonist but a lot of this you know little arc is from Yurina's perspective mm-hmm. and we have another great scene where she's like he's summoning those boxes and destroying the things in them and wait a minute I'm in one of the boxes. And Yoshimori's like, oh, I forgot. Wandering over in this like menacing image of him pointing at her. He's like, he's gonna kill me. Box dissipates. Hey, get out of here. She she's crying with fear, and he's like, Why are what's going on? What's the matter? You can leave now. Uh Takane is is uh, absolutely uh, breaking him over the calls for it. And it's revealed, oh. Oh, she could see everything that was happening. Oh my god, I am so sorry. I did not mean to throw you into- I did not mean to immediately throw you feet first into the deep end of this magical world thing. I am so sorry. Look, I don't really have time to explain. Here, take one of my little little shadow puppets. It's a real- it's a real cute scene. I like it. Yeah, should have bought her dinner first, jeez. (laughs) Yeah, her- her reaction to holding hands with the shadow puppet thing is a little, um- She's traumatized until she accepted it. And it's just like, this is my life now. I'm going to be honest. I felt more romantic tension between uh, her and Yoshi than uh, I ever did with uh, Tokune. Oh, yeah, no. I I mean, like, there is the element of Tokune has a bit of a, like, jealous aside panel. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Even though the childhood friends thing is where I'm pretty sure this is going, I'd be more than on board with Yurina being a romantic lead of the story. And anyway, uh, the stinger for this uh, is the reveal at the end with uh, her two friends at school the next day going like, hey, why didn't you show up? We went there and there was this super weird foreign Latin guy. He was super attractive. (laughs) And then he started spinning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, he looks like um, Fulgore from Zatch Bell. Oh my god, you're right. (laughs) That's a a deep cut. (laughs) Yep. Zatch Bell isn't that deep cut. Ah, fair. But yeah, that's uh, the end of the point of view from a third party on um how weird their lives actually are she she leaves with going like hey could you keep this all a secret i wouldn't tell anyone about this they'd think i'm crazy and he's like oh yeah i guess well i mean she's already had to partially hide her she's aware that she sees stuff that people don't pick up on so she's like i'm already used to keeping stuff secret i mean people already would think i'm weird yeah and this is where we get uh yoshi's line about like Maybe I'm just at the point where everything uh, weird just seems normal to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good assessment. Uh, kind of like to juxtapose the fact that we just had this whole thing about how their lives are weird. We then just get a day in the life of part one. Yep. <laughs> it should have been a warning that uh, a day in a life is the name for three chapters. that are part one, part two, part three. Uh, the last few chapters that we uh, did the reading on is it. It does kind of show just an average day for uh, Yoshimori as he is doing his training and being berated by his grandpa for not being good enough at his training, despite the fact that he's trying, you old geezer asshole. When I was your age, I was breaking stones back and right. I'm like, I I shattered that that giant stone easily. The one that you just lifted with your with your kekai. 
And then he thinks to himself, it's actually just a shell of rock and an iron core inside. It's literally impossible to break. I could never break something like that. The fact that he lifted it for a whole 10 seconds is actually really impressive, but I can't let him know that. Now, just un like, unrelated uh, vocabulary lesson. Uh, everyone, look up Chekhov's gun. Uh <laughs> 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 like, Grandpa, you are such an asshole. Yeah. I don't get it. Oh, the, the rock is being set up as something that will come up again later. Uh, yeah. And something that will break later. <laughs> as Yoshimori is like, interesting. Well, in that case, I'll break this rock within a week and two more like it in a month. How's that? Yeah, okay, kid, whatever. You still suck. <laughs> he would honestly be holding the banner of Yoshi sucks. Yeah. Point blank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's character. <laughs> by the way, put by the way, put up a soundproof kekai when you're doing your training. It'll disturb the neighbors. When have you literally ever cared about you... disturbing the neighbors? Exactly. Just do it. Our, our neighbors <laughs> are the family you hate. The family <laughs> you re you frequently beat the crap out of very loudly in the morning. <laughs> in addition to the training, we also get a very monster of the week, Ayakashi. Yeah. Um, it's it's essentially they're killing a whole bunch of like regular ones and he's just like, oh, another small one. I'll take care of it. But this one is different. It's a weird ice hedgehog fox that can shoot a giant crystal capable of piercing his kekai. Also known as the ultimate Ayakashi. And I want it. Yes. I, I want one. It is very cute. I do like it's it. It's a fox. It's ice. And it reminds me of Sand Shrew. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> They, they chase and it this run around thing. super fast. Yeah, they chase this thing around the school. And like uh, Tokune has a little bit of a story arc in here and that she's watching Yoshi just run around like wasting power because she's like she knows he's got it. And he's like choosing to just like uh, it freezes itself underneath the pool at one point and he just starts blowing up parts of the pool. And she's just like, I would be out of energy if I even was doing half of what you're doing it's because. She has to be more strategic because she has a limitation on her power, whereas he is just a bottomless pit. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. He's a giant hammer <laughs> and she is a needle. <laughs> That's actually their code names for each other. <laughs> but uh, there is a pretty cool moment where we have had it established at this point that Yoshi's Ke uh, Kekai are really powerful and very difficult to break. And it's only like major boss monsters that have broken it. And then all of a sudden, the little uh, fox thing shoots a like piercing blast that almost headshots him. <laughs> it's like oh yeah it's crap. like it, it's like uh the thing that makes this one uh unique enough to be uh a character in a chapter is that it's not necessarily like particularly physically strong but its attacks uh like pierce so it can mm -hmm. it can basically bore through kekai it doesn't have the it wouldn't normally have the raw power to punch through there's also a bit of a running gag where wherever it steps it creates ice since yoshi's just uh, straight running after it. He keeps stepping on patches of ice and falling on his head. I, I fell for another one of its clever traps. I don't think it's setting traps. Yeah, Takane is like, I'm pretty sure you're just being a clumsy idiot. I don't think it's that smart. <laughs> it, there is actually a section in the aforementioned pool bit where it is actually explicitly uh, setting traps, but there there's a bit of a running gag of he just keeps falling on ice. Yeah, Tokune is kind of just like keeping an eye on it and watching it and waiting for it to get into a position she can act on. Meanwhile, Yoshi's just like scaring it out of the brush, essentially, with like loud explosions. 
Um, so this thing's style is to parry every attack with a bigger counterattack. Well, I can do that. <laughs> and then as if all the romantic tension you guys have been talking about was concentrated in this one section of a chapter, <laughs> she jumps down as he's about to dodge with his kekai around him. Because he's just like, well, if it shoots, I'm gonna, it's going to pierce through and I can't stop. And she's like, no, hold on. Let me help. And then reaches around him as if he's, she's teaching him guitar and just goes, yeah, this is how you do a kekai. Yeah. yeah, I think. Now, breathe with me. Yeah, I think I think the, the best way of putting it is it is the trope flags that were carrying almost all of the romantic tension between the two of them until this chapter where they actually had something that made it feel like they have have more direct chemistry than just the childhood best friend trope that they both are. Essentially, it's especially more romantic because her, her her lesson she is teaching him is that you don't have to be so stiff and hard all the time. Sometimes you can loosen it up a little. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. I, I, that's what happens. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Doing the whole, like, you know, coaching him through it. Uh, she creates a, a, pliable, a more pliable Kekai that absorbs the blow and then catapults the big ice shard back at the Ayakashi uh, in a very cool rebound attack. It one-shots itself. Yeah, the rebound attack just smacks it in the friggin' face. And then they bicker as they're heading. An ice attack hit her feet. Mm-hmm. And she's saying that she's fine. And in all honesty, I believe her because one of... Uh, one of uh, Yoshi's defining character traits uh, relative to her up to this point has been being overprotective. But uh, then we cut back to, I think it's a few days later because he's like been training repeatedly and like figuring out the density. Um, He has now gotten the um, rock, the boulder essentially, on top of one of his Mm -hmm. kekai and then starts with the uh, like elasticity he trained with to create like essentially a trampoline that is bouncing the boulder higher and higher until it's like several stories above his backyard. And he's just like, now drop it on something hard <laughs> and then puts a Kekai down <laughs> that when it smashes in, shatters it along the inside and it creates like an earthquake sound oh, yeah. everywhere. Basically oh, a meteor it- by that point. <laughs> Yeah, because the boulder crashes back down into the ground, destroys the garden, and shakes the entire estate for both families. And Grandpa's just like, you destroyed the garden! And then Yoshi's just like, hold on, what? what is that metal thing inside the boulder? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's that me- black metal peeking through the cracks in the rock? Shut up! <laughs> and then we get uh, a great scene of Tokune, like, casually observing this, and just goes... Yoshi, you have so much power that if you just had a little bit of technique, you could do so much. Well, I guess I better train harder. And then we cut to see what she's done. And she has made like an intricate lattice of individual small kekai. And I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah, she, she's out here playing Tetris. That is the end of our reading. So moving on into the discussion sections, uh, favorite character and favorite fight. You know, for me, it's... While I really do like Tokune, uh, I think that she's a very uh, fun character. Uh, a lot of the enjoyment, for me at least, that she brings to a scene is like how she's advancing 
advancing the character development uh, advancing the character development there we go that's what i was looking for thank you jacob uh in terms of just the most fun i really like madero <laughs> madero is cool it is weird dog spirit is kind of a is kind of a jerk it has mischievous goblin energy i really like madero so i would say token a for like plot reasons madero for just enjoyable character and uh favorite fight hmm I did really like the little ice hedgehog thing because it was, um, for one, very cute little enemy design. And uh, I liked the interplay between uh, our two our two heroes of extreme power and extreme precision and them needing to stop bickering long enough to work together on that was fun. Uh, Matt, favorite character, favorite fight? You know, I think I'll go offhand pick. Um, I really liked Masahiko the dead baker um every time he showed up i yeah. thought he was really fun i felt like a lot of characters were too serious and he had like that energy that really just like lit up the mood he's part of like my two favorite story arcs we went over so mm-hmm. um those are good uh favorite fight honorable mention to scissor salary man even though that fight barely lasted any amount of time but i just liked his like little monologue I'm going to go with the cherry blossom fight as uh, they're taking out those things and Yurina is watching them because you got a lot of cool action scenes from both of them. And it was like really kind of just them showing off and the art kind of reflected that. I really enjoyed. Indeed. Uh, Jacob, favorite character, favorite fight. Um, so the meme is always that I say that the dog character is my favorite, but actually no joke. Madero is also my favorite character. Um, for many of the same reasons uh, that Sam mentioned, um, like we didn't we didn't mention her much, but she is. That's mostly because she's sassy side commentary, and um, I felt that I've I've already uh, misplaced the name of the the pastry ghost, but I, I enjoy him a lot too. But uh, Madara is just there more often, so she has more moments. Um, and also, she is a dog, and therefore superior. <laughs> but I also definitely want to shout out a very close second, um, a character that I really loved in the moment, but it wasn't until that we were talking about that I really realized how much I loved her. Yurina uh, is, I, I really hope that she's a recurring character, and like plays a role in the story, because the way that she interacted with the spiritual world uh, was just really fun, and her like melodramatic freaking out about everything in a lot of cases it it injected a lot of humor into it but it was also uh a vehicle for some sincere moments that uh uh really endeared me to her so um definitely a very close second to Madero. as for favorite fight as much as i liked the the yoki fight and i think that yoki's uh particularly evil design was spectacular and there was some there was some pretty cool strategy in that um i also have to say that the fight with the ice hedgehog thing is is uh my number one the aesthetic of that enemy carries a lot of it but uh it was also just a a, a fun you know little shonen battle and was the most creative i've seen the series be with its protagonist's powers it really whet my appetite for seeing how much further they could take this extraordinarily simple and plain looking power uh, it, to some extent, kind of feels a little bit like the art style. Uh, if you were to give it a glance and not really think about it, one could probably be disparaging about the art and saying that it's, like, simple and generic. But the more you look at it, the more you realize, no, this is done very much with intention. And the powers kind of feel the same way to me, especially um, where we left off. We left off at, like, a really good spot of, okay, you've sold me on this power set now, uh, you know, 
I, I, I'm interested to see where this goes. All right. And Jay, favorite character, favorite fight? So my favorite character, um, pretty nostalgic for Tokine. She was like my go get em girl. And I really resonated with her because at the time I didn't really resonate with a lot of the male protagonists because they were very headstrong and like, I guess not really methodical or strategic and i like to think i would be more strategic so i i kind of resonated more with tokine so her perspective i really kind of vibed with so she's my favorite character close second have to be the um ice fox because <laughs> um i want a plush of that <laughs> yes so favorite fight i would have to say it would have to be yoki yomi just because i thought it was so as chaotic as it was, it was so cute derpy, and I just really enjoyed it. You know, I had a lot of good moments and uh, a lot of interesting scenes, even though the dialogue and even the, I guess, uh, motivations weren't really that solid or really seemed a little too chaotic in there. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, before uh yoki became you know super demon mode uh a lot of the damage that it suffered had a kind of a pratfall energy to it despite mm. you know the dismemberment so <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it, i i agree it, it, it visually it was a it was both awesome and uh funny in yeah in a good mix yeah i think i think uh uh that is an easy to love section in spite of its uh flaws at least that's how I feel about it. Indeed. And would you continue reading? Uh, I think I would. Uh, during the like earlier chapters of this, I was, I wasn't you know too gripped. Uh, it was, uh, like we've said a few times, the power set is very boring at the beginning. But by the end, I was seeing the creative uses of it. I was, we were getting some more uh, tantalizing glimpses of the wider world i'm very interested to find out more about um the shadow organization and yoshimori's mom and you know the characters are fun even if everybody is an asshole to yoshimori and he only sometimes deserves it uh, <laughs> uh it 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 is a fun dynamic uh, i found myself not being uh the, the dynamic didn't great as much as i thought it would at first blush when i saw you know grouchy grandpa and teasing rival and etc cetera, etc cetera. uh let's see we will go in uh reverse order jay uh would you continue reading um as i mentioned i first was introduced to the series via the anime when it was being aired on adult swim um i really enjoyed the anime i would say that the manga was if i'm recalling like, it was a revisit for me, but it, if I'm recalling, it was a little... It focused more so on um, the family unit um, for Yoshi. And I actually meant to bring this up earlier, but actually it was really interesting hearing um, Jacob's points about how he found the dynamic between Grandpa and Yoshi to be grating, because that's kind of where I really, really enjoyed. And I also kind of enjoyed the sense that Yoshi was supernaturally or however he is selected to be the rightful heir and the whole story of the sense of duty really resonates with me and I actually really enjoy characters who have to yes it is imposed but there is a sense of respect and duty that I think I really enjoyed with um the older um manga um mm. some other manga that I've read in the past I really uh really enjoyed that dynamic so that's just a personal preference for me that that's kind of why I, I think I gravitated more toward it my point is to say, 
I really enjoy the anime. I enjoy the sections that we read, um, but I don't think I would continue reading um, in this form. Just it just didn't instill the same excitement, I guess. Mm-hmm. You got your fill of it. Yeah. All right, Jacob, would you continue reading? So, uh, heck yeah, I'd continue reading. You know, there is that element of uh, it is a it is a hundred percent a you know personal belief system of of uh, me not liking uh, destiny forcing a character into something that they don't want, and uh, you know the the story siding with that. I'm I'm much more inclined to like when uh, destiny gets defied or when. Uh, Destiny is merely a starting point, um, et cetera, et cetera. Like, even the grandpa who I loathe, you're supposed to dislike him. So it's not like, like I said, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't really, like, hurt my enjoyment of the series. And as much as this definitely uh, shows its age because it very much wears its tropes on its sleeve, pretty much all of the tropes that it wears on its sleeves are ones that I like. So, yeah, I definitely Mm -hmm. continue reading. This is this is uh, definitely the kind of thing that um, I kind of wish I caught the anime because this this kind of feels like a comfort series to me in a lot of ways. Stakes that are, you know, middle school, so high enough stakes that you can get invested, but pretty light and breezy and nothing really that serious. Mm-hmm. And Matt, would you continue reading? You know, I think I'm gonna... I've been hemming and hawing on this, like, the entire time we've been talking about it. I think I'm gonna go with no, mainly because I... There are parts I really enjoyed. Uh, like, basically, I said earlier, everything when he interacted with ghosts, I thought was really fun and refreshing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of reminds me of, like, early Bleach, um, early Yu Yu Hakusho, like, that kind of dynamic. But then, like, that comparison also in my head is like, wait, no, I know what happens to shonens that have those. They go off into the power battle. And the problem was every time we had, like, them versus a big monster, I found that lacking. Like, mm. uh, I, like the, um, the, the designs for Yoki are cool. I felt like that battle was kind of, it ended anticlimactically. And, like, there's a lot of setups that I didn't really enjoy. I think if I saw this in an anime, it'd be easier to follow because you'd see like the cubes coming out and maybe that would look cooler. But like Mm -hmm. in the manga, I was just like, okay, a cube appeared. And like, this is purely because I'm like, I think what's going to happen is they're going to do more and more because they're introducing the shadow organization. There's probably going to be people with powers and they're going to fight. And from what I've seen, I haven't seen like a big action set piece battle that really made me go, yeah, this is a shonen I want to keep following. Which is a shame because like the lighter hearted stuff I really enjoyed. Like the training arc, really enjoyed that. Like the that's why I'm so on the fence is the day in the life of. I really liked that battle. Cause that was a nice like we gotta figure this out. We gotta work together. Like this is some cool use of our powers. The problem was that was like right at the end of the reading. So if I have to make the decision based on what we read, I'm just like mm. I'm still on the fence. And if I have to pick a side to fall on, I'm gonna fall on the side that I think this might just keep going in a direction I don't want. So that's fair. I don't know. It's it's yeah, a, yeah. I won't continue reading. It's not really a quality thing other than the the Yoki arc, which I think I, I voiced my problems. Yeah, with. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even mm-hmm. the people who were defending it agreed that that was a completely fair and accurate assessment. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, thank you, everyone, so much for once again tuning in to the Overmanga Cast. Make sure to follow us on all your social medias, where we are at Overmanga Cast, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Uh, also, we are on YouTube where you can like, comment, and subscribe. It's a good way to leave your thoughts on individual episodes. I don't know, put us on a playlist and uh, leave uh, your web browser open while you go to work. It's uh, good for the retention on the algorithm. <laughs> yep. And as always, uh, like this episode, again, uh, thank you, Firebringer from Germany, uh, for recommending mm-hmm. we read this. Uh, it was a good read. I'm glad you did. And if you would have something you would like to recommend us, oh, well... Yeah. Definitely consider it, and sometimes we'll have a backlog of spring shows coming out that we desperately try and get through, uh, and then uh, two months later, we'll finally get around to the request. But we'll get there. <laughs> we will get there in time. And of course, uh, we always appreciate reviews on your podcatcher of choice. And make sure to tune in next week, where we are going to be... Uh, well, actually, uh, Jacob, I know this is something that you've been looking forward to us reading. Anime Janai, because it's the manga Crossbone Gundam, volumes one to three. I mean, by that by that definition, it's not Anime Janai, then. It's manga. Yeah, no, it Anime Janai, it's manga. Anim, uh, anime Janai is, uh, it's not anime. This is real life. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we're going to get some mobile suits in, so make sure to read Mobile Suit Gundam Crossbone, volumes one through three, if you want to keep up with the pod, and we'll see you next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Wash your butts. Oh, my God, why?